Hi, welcome to Story Guts. This is where we explore what the stories we tell tell about us. I'm Molly Curtin. And I'm Alice Sly. Happy Thanksgiving, uh, everyone, if you celebrate it. It's also now past, but... It's now Cyber Monday, so get your cyber deals. Uh, I've already had to restrict myself from doing any more Black Friday-type shopping. I got I got a few things, and in like I also got food poisons, so in my like muddled haze, I had them shipped to the wrong address, which will be a lovely gift. For someone who lives about eight blocks south of where I currently am. <laughs> It'll be fine. You'll get him. I'll, I'll get him. Some, I'll, some good Samaritan will be like, this isn't me. This isn't me. I don't need this sundress. I don't know. I got a robot vacuum. That's what I'm most excited about. I can't wait for um our your cat to just be, Felix to just be like scared shitless of it. Oh yeah, he's going to hate it. It's going to be <laughs> hilarious um did you did you do anything for the holiday yeah had a quick uh friendsgiving at my at the place i'm living in and it's funny because while there uh my girlfriend was talking up this podcast so maybe we have a few new listeners i'm sorry Ooh. Ooh. Uh, Ooh. but she also suggested a new tagline which i love and it's yes story guts the podcast you read with your ears whoa i like it that's deep that's uh, deep yeah so, so I think like the stories we tell, blah, 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 blah. That was so difficult to remember. I could, you know, it's just this. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, was, I like the, the, the podcast you read with your ears is just, it's snappy. You can paint it on the side of a van with like a really cool wizard. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. I'll let you start introducing it then. Okay. All right. Sounds good. How about you, Molly? So, why don't you just start over right now? Okay. Hi, Welcome Molly. To Story Guts. Welcome to Story Guts. The podcast you read with your ears. Oh, yeah. That no? does have a ring to does it. Does it have yeah. a Okay. I, you can see it on a t-shirt? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I can see people confusingly, confusedly looking at it on a t-shirt. Like, what? <laughs> Not that our current tagline makes much sense either. No, no. It makes a ton of sense. I like our current tagline. Uh, I didn't really do anything for the holiday. I was just here in Ann Arbor chilling by myself i watched um i watched all of the haunting of hill house actually um which is what has led us to today's topic yep um you know a really great sort of family oriented thanksgiving wholesome idea of murderous mothers murder moms aka murder moms murder moms um so i guess like to begin with like be aware, this episode is going to be about homicidal mothers, primarily mothers who are homicidal toward their children. Mm-hmm. Content uh, warnings apply. Yes. <laughs> um, but I, I, I find I'm really fascinated because, I, I guess, spoiler warning as well for um, The Haunting of Hill House. Um, but I found myself sort of fascinated watching the story um, unfold because it just felt sort of inevitable at a certain point that what the sort of dark secret of this mother was, was that she had attempted to kill her children. Um, and in a weird way, it just felt so familiar to me because I think I just have seen this in, in horror a lot lately. 
mm-hmm. like this this real like the the sort of like most horrifying thing people can imagine is a mother murdering her children mm-hmm. um but this is you know this is something that is doesn't always happen but it's threatened in um a lot of the sort of female-centric horror films that um that we've some of which we've talked about before so uh, well we can get into the examples but like babadook uh hereditary you said has some of this mm-hmm. so um yeah i kind of just wanted to sort of dig in and be like what's, what's up with this <laughs> what's up with murder moms um i was i was talking to my dad about it actually um earlier today my dad called we talked for two hours primarily about television and mm-hmm. uh um and that's, he that's and our other podcast uh molly yeah. and larry talks television uh and he and i sort of mentioned this to him um because he had also watched the show and he said yeah i don't i don't know that i've really seen that that often i'm more used to the sort of the shining model where it's the dad who's the homicidal one mm-hmm. you know you get this sort of like homicidal father figure and i was like yeah i guess that is like a little more i don't know maybe maybe that's more of the tradition but i just feel like in the past several years it's yeah the other maybe i just watch female center horror also but oh yeah um i think there's i mean i i think there's probably something to be said about our particular tastes um and like a bit self-selecting yeah absolutely very self-selecting um murderous murderous fathers definitely shows up probably more frequently um yeah so so i think in a lot more of the quote-unquote cerebral mm. cerebral horror whatever that means um the <laughs> one that's like oh we're all about like unsettling depths of the human psyche and like you know the creation of like this this eerie atmosphere of wrongness um the the mother murdering the child is that that's not matricide that's that's something else no because that's that's killing that's killing the mom yeah um and i think i mean i think it's the it's it's such a easy way maybe to capture the spirit of um the inverted natural order or um sub sub perverted natural order but on the other hand with stuff like babadook and hereditary i think part of it's also about like like we we've talked about this in the past about how ghost stories of like ghost stories and female agency mm-hmm. um and also like in these in those those two movies um it is a little bit about uh the the pressure on women to perform mm-hmm. um on women to perform motherhood in a selfless unilaterally caring fashion that doesn't allow for any nuance about what they might feel about a child that they resent yeah Mm -hmm. yeah no i think that's i think that's completely right and i think i i think there's both something um like I like these movies. These movies we're talking about, I like them, and I do think there is something sort of important about being able to show. Like these are, these are characters you sympathize with. Mm-hmm. Like at least right in the Babadook, like you and Hereditary, yeah, yeah. Like you sympathize with this character, um, so it's not like you just think she's a monster, mm-hmm. um, but um, so I think there is something, yeah, about about allowing 
a woman to express some of that resentment or that sort of um, just like exhaustion with sort of being the mother and being having to sort of perform all this labor um, and there's definitely a cautionary tale in what happens when you repress it mm-hmm. at the same time you know I think it is telling that it, the idea of sort of a mother committing infanticide is is this unthinkable or horrible inversion of the natural order mm-hmm. um whereas in in a strange way i feel like a, f- a father killing his children is unfortunately like it's bad it's shown yeah. as bad but it doesn't have the same connotation for me right of like mm-hmm. I mean, and we talked about this on our mothers and fathers episodes that like a, there's something like truly unsettling about the bad mom. There's something truly uh, disturbing about it in a way that that I feel like the bad dad in media doesn't have that same yeah. doesn't accrue that same kind of meaning. Um, and again, I don't think these women are bad, bad mothers, but I think we're meant to really be horrified in these moments where this sort of homicidal impulse takes over. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think like a lot of the times the, the homicidal impulse is part of this sort of narrative of overprotectiveness as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what we see in, in the haunting of Hill house, right? Yeah. Um, the, the mother wants to kill her children because she thinks that's the only way to keep them safe, um, from the sort of horrible world outside because some weird flapper ghost told her so. Yes. And, <laughs> and some really I'm pretty sure period accurate flowery idioms. It was weird. It was weird, but you're right. I mean, in the haunting of Hill House, it's it's expressed as a um, as like the the maternal impulse, whatever that means, turned up to eleven. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I mean, I guess it's interesting because uh, in haunting of Hill House, the father father has this thing that he says all the time. He's like, "I can fix this. I can fix this." Um, mm-hmm. And I wonder if that's supposed to be like, "Oh, that is like the." I mean, you know, quote unquote, masculine expression of um, protectiveness, um, but like rendered futile in a horrible way. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I mean, because like, spoiler alert, he doesn't fix much. He he can't like, you know, I mean, if he does fix his wife's shattered body um, you know, after, you know, that that would be quite a feat and would be a, probably a different uh, Netflix special. But yeah. um, crossover no, I, with the Frankenstein Chronicles. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I do want to go back to I mean, I want to sort of go back a little bit to what you said about um, fathers killing their children in that. Yeah. Because I think you're right. And it is really weird um, that it's like sad, but you're also sort of like that's inherent i mean man inherent is such like a weird word but like it's like the darkness that lurks at the heart of dads you know yeah yeah um, no i think that's that's right yeah it's like sufficiently pushed a dad will can can like you you can like can hold the thought of like murder (laughs) um more easily and yeah i mean not to be like freudian or anything but like very Oedipal, right? Like well, the, I, the the conflict between the father and child. 
Um, yeah, I think it's Oedipal. And I think maybe it, it also goes into um, just normalization of corporeal punishment. Um, maybe. Do you think that, I mean, I don't disagree with you, but do you think that women are, like mothers are not part of that normalization in in sort of media or whatever? It's a um, good question, but, and, and I think the reason I say normalization of, like specifically with regards to like murder dads, um, yeah. is that uh, it is in media it is the father who is maybe advocating for it or the one dishing it out and not that's mm-hmm. not to say the mothers do not administer like you know the quote-unquote good old thrashing with a wooden spoon mm-hmm. um, but it's um but I think like you you hear I actually like even as I said that like that's like the the comedic like oh the mm-hmm. mom was like oh get away from that pie whack 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 you know versus like um the father like the the genuinely punitive like father headmaster um and I wonder if that's that's sort of like it's, it's you know we 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 talk about masculinity and social constructs a lot um that bundled all into like the the head of the household as like the master of the house life and death p- bringer of bringer of pain you know like yeah and and the the way that we um not to get all jennifer holzer jenny holzer here but like the abuse of power comes at news as no surprise mm-hmm. or that um that this we can imagine losing control along those lines as much more their their ruts their their yeah. parallel versus like the orthogonal nature maybe of what we conceive of as like the caring mother mm-hmm. like twisted 90 degrees i mean this is and this is just like kind of like a way off from left field um but i was like thinking about um like you know what is the what is the perversion of the father um and i think there's this this truly terrible follow-up called like meet the fuckers or something that's like the sequel mm-hmm. to Meet the Parents, mm-hmm. um, where like the father of the if like the non traditionally masculine man is like reveals that he's like oh yeah like I wore a pair of like fake breasts to like breastfeed my child until you know he was like old enough to like um, so that he wouldn't be traumatized when he got older or whatever or whatever mm-hmm. it's like a jokey thing right it's like mm-hmm. oh the father with tits and breastfeeding a mm-hmm. child um, and that that's I don't know that's that's just like different I guess I don't know. Yeah. I mean, but even then that's played for Oh yes, absolutely. humor not horror, right? I mean, like we can we can sort of you know, jump back to our uh discussion of Twin Peaks, right? And the sort of classic moment when you find out Laura Palmer was raped and killed by her father mm-hmm. and the explanation given for this is that he was possessed by a demon. Um Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and there's like nuance there. I'm not mm-hmm. But um, but I think to a degree, like, that, and that's horrifying. Like, I remember being really horrified, like, when this is what, when you realize this is what has happened. Absolutely. And yet, there's something, I just think, like, encoded in our understanding of masculinity and of, like, parental, like, male parental and authority figures that... Mm-hmm. It's not that shocking. It's not that shocking. And I think... It's horrible, but it's not shocking. It's not shocking. And I think part of it's also like the... 
experiences um, and, you know, I can't specifically speak to this, uh, but experiences of growing up as a young woman and seeing those behaviors of like, that's the creepy uncle. That's like the weird teacher. Like these are the men who are barely, barely if actually constrained by norms of society from preying on me. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, that's just so dark, but that's also, I think like feeds into like when you find out that Leland Palmer raped and killed his own child, you're just sort of like, yeah, I, that, that makes as much, that makes more sense than a evil demon, you know, from the woods possessing random Mm -hmm. people and Mm -hmm. killing them in horrible ways. Um, because you're like, okay, that's, that's what happens. And it's terrible that this is just met with kind of a acknowledgement like this. Um, yeah. And I guess, I guess to, to talk about, um, and I guess this is why like the opposite is we see the people exploring the opposite here because they're like, Mm -hmm. we don't like, oh, the dad, the dad killing them. Yeah, I mean, like, another day in the neighborhood, another Tuesday, you know, the dad went crazy and killed his parents. I've seen The Shining, you know. Yeah, or, Uh, like, I've read the news about, you know, every man who loses his job and shoots his wife and children. mm -hmm. And then himself. Yeah, it's like, that's... um, And, you know, oh, he was... I never would have expected this. He was such a good... He seemed like such a good man, you know? He just seemed so normal, and I think the pressure just really got to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's always made like such good mashed potatoes for the community Thanksgiving. Like I don't know. Yeah. Um, and sorry, I just yeah. And then like the convert, like the the sort of the the national obsession around cases of um, mothers killing their children, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which. I, or, or sort of that possibility. So I think this was this Casey Anthony. Do you remember this? Like everyone. I don't. Like, I don't remember specifically. Um, where there's just like everyone was obsessed with this woman's trial because like everyone was convinced she'd murdered her toddler. Um, and just like like it was understood like she's a demon. Mm-hmm. Um, like this is. I mean, of course. Like of course. Like I'm not being like. Yeah. Yeah. This is fine because she's a woman. Mm-hmm. But um, I think the the sort of like. The, the the fascination, the horror, the um, the unthinkability of it is so much higher when we're dealing with um, a woman mm-hmm. that um, and I think it does have everything to do with both both our normalization of male violence and also our just expectation of female passivity, nurturing, caring, giving selflessness, right? Mm-hmm. Like we can't accept female, whatever. I I, I was gonna say yeah. evil, but I don't want to like just throw everything under the word evil. But mm-hmm. um, we we struggle with the idea that um, um, a mother could be capable, and if she is, then she's no she's no true mother. She's no true woman. She mm-hmm. doesn't um, like oh maybe she was working a job. Like she's been she was not like the nineteen fifties housewife. Like right. Or, you know, or she had postpartum depression, and so she, like, wasn't herself. I mean, and, like, postpartum again, depression, these are Gunsopo. all, like, real things, but, like, 
this idea of having to just I mean it, in a weird way it's like the Leland Palmer demon thing right like it's like oh mm-hmm. she wasn't a, a real oh my god you get this all the time too with um because uh you find that it for um autistic children um autistic children who are murdered which unfortunately is not uncommon are almost always murdered by a caregiver often their mother mm-hmm. um and the way that it's I mean, there's a lot of sympathy given to these women who mm. kill or these caregivers who kill their children um, because it's framed as they were just trying to get their child back, right? Um, so in some sort of perverse way, murder becomes uh, murder becomes caring again. Mm-hmm. Like maybe that's the only way we can think about it. You know, like uh, the even in The Haunting of Hill House, like I felt like it was like, less quote-unquote horrifying because it wasn't like i found the babadook like generally genuinely unsettling because it was just resentment mm-hmm. um in the haunting of hill house it's the motherly protectiveness um just exactly turned up to 11 i think is what you said earlier yeah mm-hmm. i don't know i think i just said a whole bunch of different things <laughs> no 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 i think i think that's i mean there's there's also something that i've been i've been trying to wrap my head around um while you've been you've been talking about um the i mean i think this is accurate like this is what um we've seen with a lot of maternal infanticides is this sort of like they they couldn't have known because if they did they wouldn't have done it mm-hmm. um and it's i don't know i mean it, i mean it's it's interesting because it's not like um it's not like mothers can't be abusive right um and that that stuff happens a lot. Um, but we, I mean, I'm just like trying to think about like when we look at the Babadook or we look at um, Hereditary and we look at these stories of like frustrated women grappling with like these feelings of resentment, these feelings that like, oh, maybe like I didn't want this kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and how, I mean, I guess, I guess in a sense, like they definitely avoid, they're like, oh, this is not on the side of, abuse they never lash they lash out verbally they do not like but that's like understood as like contained within the meniscus of heart like quote harmless frustration Mm -hmm. but not like a pattern of damaging verbal or physical abuse um Mm -hmm. and that the the way that this line draw is drawn creates the like oh now they are they're now a monster um they were not a monster before. They were just mm-hmm. a, frustrated. Now they are a monster. Um, I'm not really sure how to think about that, um, just in the sense of, like, I I have multiple friends with kind of abusive pasts. Um, mm-hmm. And just, like, wondering how they would, they would feel about this, like, kind of dichotomy that we're discussing now. Well, and I think it's, it's even more complicated when you start sort of... Uh, sort of detangling this idea that like it's not that we have a universally good understanding or like a you know a universally positive impression of women or mothers like mm-hmm. mothers are genuinely treated like shit <laughs> um mm-hmm. and i think it's in large part because there is some sort of there is this sort of ideal image that is impossible to meet um mm-hmm. and so we're getting more 
more um, sympathetic portrayals of deviations from that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I think it does like, I, I don't know. It's like, I feel like there are, there are of course, like we talked about this in the mothers episode, there are bad mothers, there are abusive mothers in media, but it's always just like, I don't know. They always feel like an example of like, this is the, the wrong kind of womanhood. This is like, um, some sort of deviation rather than. I don't know, something relatively common, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, um, or something that's part, you know, that's part of this entire conversation. You're either a good mom or you're a bad mom. Um, you're either, uh, you know, you're, you're abusive and the subject of condemnation um, or you are constantly policed to be in the, uh, to be considered sort of acceptable. I don't know. I'm, yeah, you know no, I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, what you're, what you're saying, um, we, we, has ties back to, like, the, the father, fatherhood thing, it's, like, kind of, like, oh, who, which dad has not lost control and, you know, hit their child, kind of, this, like, rhetorical question, mm-hmm. um, versus, like, that's not, and I don't want to normalize this at all, like, I don't think you should hit children. That's yes. not a controversial <laughs> stance. Uh, um, yeah, but like that motherhood. I mean, I think I think it's interesting. We we've talked a little bit about examples of like overprotectiveness being like the the real horror of of um, mm-hmm. of motherhood. Because I think this maybe this is a spoiler for God of War, the most recent like God of War five. I think I don't know. Um, I haven't played it, but I remember reading somewhere that like the it suffers a lot from not very good female characters. And like the one female character is like maybe kills her son because she's like overprotective. Like she just like wants mm-hmm. nothing to ever hurt him or something. And I don't know, cast some cur- spells some curse that backfires. Who, I don't know who knows it. Pr- it proves my point, And that's what we're here for. <laughs> that's what yeah. I'm here to do. Um, I mean, and there's, there's like deep roots to this, this story too. I mean, we've got sort of these like, I don't know, folk tales or whatever you'd call them about the the mother who, um, oh my God, there's like a supernatural episode about it in the first season. There's like the mother who murders her children um, when her, I don't know what happens. She murders them, but it's like part of some sort of desire to like protect them or like stabilize the family. And then she mm-hmm. like appears as a ghost, like crying all the time about it. Um <laughs> And you get, uh, I mean, Medea, right? I don't know. Did yeah. you ever read, read Medea? I had to read it in undergrad. I'm familiar with Medea, but I don't think I've okay. read it. So it's great. I love it. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, jeez. And I think, I mean, I, I think it's really fascinating because Medea, so Medea is the story of um, Medea, a sort of mm-hmm. classic Greek figure um, who was the wife of Jason, of Jason and the Argonauts. Um Jason, she she and Jason are married, but she's sort of considered um, like a barbarian almost, or like she's 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 an outsider. Um, mm. And he leaves her and their two children in order to marry um, sort of a woman who is more uh, politically advantageous to be married to, and to okay. sort of like get into her family. And Medea gets extremely angry about this. Um, in part because like she she left her family and everything for Jason, um, mm-hmm. and 
Medea ends up going on a killing spree. Like, just literally, she... I mean, she kills Jason's new lady and, like, maybe her family as well. But she also murders her two children to hurt Jason. Um, Mm -hmm. And the more I say the word Jason, the more it just sounds like I'm talking about some, like, 80s surfer or something. It's so... (laughs) Uh, But but she... um, And the thing that is wild to me about the play Medea is... It's by Euripides, I believe. Um, Even though, like, her... You don't aren't you aren't like yeah kill those children like she is very sympathetic like you really at least for me like I she articulates clearly why she's doing what she's doing and the way that she's feeling and the betrayal she's experienced mm-hmm. and she doesn't really face any punishment in the end I mean maybe like after the events of the play but within the play she like laughs in Jason's face and then flies off on a dragon okay so, <laughs> so um and I just think that's like kind of amazing um uh where where was i going with this oh yeah but just i think i think like this this kind of story that we're we're thinking through is not a new one but i do think um like in a weird way this like old greek play feels a little more um i don't want to say progressive i don't think like being like yeah get away with child murder is progressive but like more willing to acknowledge the the full complexity the full of, a, complex- of a woman rather than just sort of be like um, she's either like evil and gone crazy or she loves her kids so much that she's going to kill them to protect them. And those are the only two modes of like women doing bad stuff. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I mean, I think, man, I mean, I, I just sort of it's it's funny just because I'm I'm listening to this and I'm thinking about. Um, we need to talk about Kevin. Yeah. Um, so this is, uh, for those not, who don't know, we need to talk about Kevin. It's originally a book. I saw the movie. I read um, the book and saw the movie. So. Nice. Um, so it's, yeah, it's basically about the mother of a school shooting committer, um, Kevin. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, just like the movie at least chronicles her life post Kevin killing many kids and, um, paralyzing others during a school shooting and she's just like well yeah you get you get sort of her life afterwards and then flashbacks to her life before and like raising kevin and being a mother right and i think i mean the i mean the the movies from her perspective it's very sympathetic to to her um but you know she faces like the like what did you like you must have fucked up hard to raise a school shooter um and I wonder if the book or the movie ever posits, like, maybe she should have intervened faster. Or, like, maybe she should have, like, you know, there's, there's this, this mm-hmm. question, like, should she have, quote-unquote, done something with Kevin other than, yeah. like, talking about him? Yeah. And, I mean, I think, I think, so, I mean, I think that's her entire, at least in the, in the, so the way the book is framed, it's, it's framed as letters that she writes to her husband um, Mm -hmm. about Kevin sort of like going back over the past. And like, you find out like she didn't really want to have a kid, um, but like he did. So they did. And she had Kevin and like, she really struggled with being a mother. And one of the continuing sort of fears she has is that her sort of inability to be a good mother because she, like, it seemed like her her baby did not love her, and so she had trouble loving her baby. Um, mm-hmm. 
like that that led to Kevin sort of becoming the person he becomes um you know I think there's a question sort of throughout if if was Kevin always just sort of evil (laughs) or um you know was was there something about the way that he was raised even though he seemed to have been raised by like two perfectly decent people um he ends up have like they they have another child a, a girl um who um who's like a lot easier to deal with um and yeah and, and so i do think that that question is sort of open in terms of you know could could the mother have intervened did could she have done something different could she have raised him differently um mm-hmm. what you know what was the cause of his need for violence and like really what is she like how can she be is she still obligated to be a mother to this person um mm-hmm. you know now yeah and it, it does ask those questions man the woman who wrote that book lionel shriver is like a huge piece of shit who said a bunch of terrible terrible things oh but, my gosh uh that book has always stuck with me in the movie as well mm-hmm. Um, well the movie is really effective contraception like show that literally I read that book and I was like I don't think I want children and that has not waved since then like show that in high school health classes instead of like you know bringing in like the binder full of like 5 million S's where each S is one sperm like it's going to be way more effective they're going to be like holy shit like like, I'm not ready for this. this Um, oh, but we are, do you want to talk about, um, the Baba Duke and Hereditary in more, in more detail now that we're in the second half? Or do you think like, because we, we've been talking kind of elliptically about them and citing them. Um, I think, I I think like the, we've talked about the Baba Duke before, right? And like the, the ways that it's a story about grief and about trauma and about, uh, depression um Mm -hmm. and one of the ways we sort of see this escalating is that the main character whose name i do not remember but she's played Mm -hmm. amazingly by uh se davis um like becomes increasingly hostile to her son but yeah when the story begins you already sort of see the seeds of that and I think this is what we were talking about earlier is like, where mm-hmm. is this line where she, she does snap at her son because she's raising him alone. He's not an easy child. Um, mm-hmm. And she has like, she has no time to herself. She has no money. She has like, mm-hmm. she, I, I don't know. I remember one of the most, like, I think it's, it's funny that thinking about that movie and I think about like, what are the like really shocking parts? And like the shocking parts are when she, um, you know, you sort of see that change in her where she, is possessed or whatever you want to call she, it. Like goes slack or yeah. Um, and you see her like become homicidal. Um, and then the other shocking moment I think about is when she's masturbating and her son walks in. Mm. Um, and it's like this moment of just like horror for, <laughs> for everyone involved. Right. Everyone <laughs> involved. is not have not okay with this. Right. Because it's just like, uh, I don't know the, the, it's horrible that she becomes homicidal, but it's also horrible that she has so little ability to, you know, even have a moment alone to, you know, experience sexual pleasure or to 
you know, sleep by herself in her own bed. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, it's horrible for this child that, like, he's only got this one parent and, you know, she's struggling. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I just really like that movie. It's a good movie. I would I would suggest watching. I, I mean, we spoiled it to hell and back. But, no, we haven't spoiled the ending. Um, yeah. We have spoiled the ending in previous episodes of this That's podcast. That's probably true. So, so um, sorry about that. But it's still, it's still good. It's still uh, good. <laughs> it's still good. And you can get um, the, like... You know, the creepy... We haven't even talked about, like, the Babadook himself and, like, his whole creepy the, style and stuff. The Babadook is great uh, and kind of ruined by people being like, oh, the Babadook is a gay icon. Um, oh, see, was... I love that. <laughs> okay. That became I'll... one of my favorite memes. I, I think it's funny, but then, then it got, like, weird. Well, yeah, okay, it got, like... Okay, I think it was funny when it was LGBT people doing it, and then it got weird. But, like, one of my favorite posts on Tumblr was, like, uh, the LGBT is a uh, is like you know it's or the not the LGBT the the Babadook is about like trauma and and grief and depression. So how did he become a a gay symbol? And then somebody replied, "Being gay is about trauma and grief and depression." Huh? <laughs> and I was just like, "Oh my goodness." Anyway, depressed de- depressed gay people on Tumblr, love them. There there is this really fascinating. I mean, the this is not about. The topic, but Babadook is Babadook has a great design. There's like this really fun, like nightmarish, surreal bit in the middle where she falls asleep watching like old timey cartoons, and the uh, the Babadook like begins inserting himself into like all of them, and you're like, ah. uh, I and also she... love the book. There's like a pop up book. It's I love good. this book. It's so funny. This is like this is like the inception of the whole horror. It's just like the mom is like tired. She like she doesn't want to go to sleep. Like she wants to go to sleep. Her tiny child is just sort of like, read me the Baba Duke. And she's like, This shit's gonna give you nightmares. Like she she like opens and starts reading like one or two pages and she's like, she she's an adult. She knows that this this shit is like not a fun book. So she's like, You wanna keep reading this? You sure? You don't wanna read like the pig who went to Spain or something. And he's like, No, 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 I wanna read it. I wanna read it. So like she finishes reading it and there's just a smash cut to him like bawling in the <laughs> middle of the night, like crying his eyes out because he's terrified of this like story about like a monster that like creeps up to you and like eats you after like this, you know. It's hilarious. Um and of course she tries to destroy the book, but then it keeps reassembling itself and blah blah blah. Hauntings keeps, ensue. Keeps reappearing. Yeah. Yeah which is a classic horror trope um a really underused good and underused one um but i um i kind of want to um sort of use that as a jumping off point for hereditary yeah. which um molly you haven't seen but i mean it's gonna be some spoilers that's um, fine it's a- i decided i'm not gonna watch it because ilana says it's too scary but she's gonna just describe the entire plot to me <laughs> ilana said it was too scary yeah that's intense yeah that's really fun um but uh, part of the central premise is, like, um, there's this, like, I wouldn't say shitty, but there's this, like, this moody teen, mm-hmm. um, teen guy, who, and um, and his mom, they recently moved in with her abusive mother, um, a mother's house, um, after she died. They're, like, taking care of the property. Um, and, part, and a lot of it is, like, you, you find out over the course of the story that she never... It is kind of the same thing, interestingly enough. It's like she didn't want a child, and she was pressured into having a child. Um, I don't, I don't remember his name, um, and he commits like this pretty heinous 
accidental but heinous act early on in the story and it's about like this building conflict between them and like this the son commits a yeah the son the son um and this like early major spoilers Mm -hmm. he accidentally kills her daughter um or his sister okay um, in in a driving accident um and everyone it's a kind of like everyone shares a little culpability but like mm-hmm. not a ton like the the mother tells her son to like take take her with you to the party like let her socialize a little bit he like kind of abandons her at the party leading her to like eating a cake with nuts and she has a nut allergy so so he like is dry and it's just this it's a really it's really hard scene to watch. Like she's gasping. She like can't breathe. Mm-hmm. He's driving at like 130 miles an hour on a road trying to get to the hospital um, before she like suffocates. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like the unthinkable happens. Like mm-hmm. he gets into an accident. And um, and like and this is like the entire movie. Like the this spirit like threads its way through the whole thing of like this. This family that has been absolutely sh- shattered, like by this one incident, and the blame, the guilt, the back and forth of like the mom blames her son, and the son feels tremendously guilty about it, but they're unable to resolve, like they're unable to come to terms with it. Like mm-hmm. they, they also kind of like they kind of hate each other. Um, it's well known that like maybe the second, maybe the third most shocking moment is just like the mom confronting her son in a non-supernatural fashion, just being like at the height of their argument, just being like, I never wanted you. Um, and the son just being like, ooh. And then the mom just being like, well, <laughs> can't unsay that. Um, that's, yeah. Um, and there's a lot of like really effective, just like scary imagery of um, of like, yeah, just like of 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 murder mother like of i mean she recounts this event in the movie where like she woke up and found herself like having doused herself and her children in yeah that's fluid. the part i'd heard about yeah with a, with a lit lit you know um lit match and i've described it before and, and she's just sort of like huh like you know i was just sleepwalking and you're like no you weren't buddy um you were probably like maybe you were possessed maybe something weird happened but um, and and throughout that, I mean, even if we're talking about, like, the mother, like, her mother haunts the story as well. Her mother was, mm-hmm. like, um, controlling, abusive. Like, it's it's mentioned that she, like, drove multiple um, family members away. And, like, and, and, you know, the mother's brother into um, to suicide or mm-hmm. something or, like, untreated. Um, ref- yeah. Anyways, I mean, it's I think it's... Um, it is one of those stories that I think trades a lot on what we've talked about earlier about um, maternal complicated, complicated, like complicated motherhood, unwanted mm-hmm. motherhood. Um, and, and is like dealing with that subject of curdling, I guess, of just sort of like, and I'm not really sure if this is, ult- it's ultimately very progressive, you know, progressive is, a yeah, nonsense term but like <laughs> but like ultimately is it progressive to be like some 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 woman cannot be the correct mother um versus like a more complicated vision of motherhood probably mm-hmm. not i mean it's probably like just very like oh like it's not a movie that makes you walk away going like oh like she 
like it's a movie that makes that could conceivably leave you with like oh she never should have been a mother which mm-hmm. is not productive yeah. um, it's not a it's not a productive message yeah well and i think i think yeah i think there's sort of this question of like what are the uses of opening up the space for stories about women who regret becoming mothers or for whom you know motherhood is doesn't work um because i think there is something productive about that but you're right like where's the space to sort of open up um what are other alternative modes of mothering again this is i think why the babadook was so Mm -hmm. powerful for me is because i I don't think you walk away from that movie going she never should have been a mother Um, yeah i think you walk away with uh um just sort of having a more complicated understanding what it means to be a mother in like a really difficult situation Mm -hmm. with a fucking ghost (laughs) (laughs) um what to expect when you're expecting a ghost yeah and you know here's also where i give my like weekly plug of the others which i really want you to watch um, i love how this is. i'm sorry i haven't seen it it's yet. just it's like oh. super relevant too um because mm-hmm. similarly as a mother who um is like raising her children i mean it's like a period piece but um mm-hmm. she's raising her children alone and um very protective of them they have a allergy to sunlight so she's like extremely protective of them um and and there are these sort of like homicidal moments of resentment slash protection. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. I think it's a really good movie. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. I guess I haven't seen it in many years, so maybe I wouldn't stand by that opinion. But to my memory, it's a good movie. At the very least, like next time I visit, we can just do a rewatch. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Do we have anything else we want to say about murder? Murder moms. Um, not, not really, but I think, uh, I, I do want, I, I like this very, um, I mean, I just circling back to what I said earlier is like Babadook and what you said that Babadook provides at least a somewhat nuanced conclusion about like imperfect motherhood mm-hmm. versus stuff like Hereditary, which is like, it's a really effective horror movie and a really interesting horror movie. Um, but if we look at it purely from the lens of like, you know, f- raising a family, it doesn't, it doesn't open up any space. I think right. when you said like, what does this do with regards to, and it's like, oh yeah, like she should have been an artist of tiny homes instead of a mother. Like that's not, it's not helpful mm-hmm. Um for, and you know, do I want to even maybe argue that it's harmful to put this energy out, like energy out. Sorry. I'm, yeah. I'm in San Francisco, you know, um, into the world of being like, you are you are good or you are bad. Yeah. I mean, I also think, like, at a certain point, like, you do have a responsibility to your children. So even if you didn't want to be a mother, and this is so hard. Like, it is really hard because I understand, like, there are all these societal pressures and, like, mm-hmm. these things that sometimes you genuinely do not make the choice to become a mother. It just happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, that is horrifying. Like, there, that is horror in and of itself is... Um, I mean, there's a reason pregnancy is sort of like the original horror story. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, I don't I don't I don't know. Like, I think I think there have to be ways to talk about to talk about these things and to open up the space to, like, think about them without necessarily sort of saying, like, it's an okay conclusion to come to, like, I should never have been a mother and therefore, you know, this. Like these things are, I am not responsible for. I don't know. Yeah, like, that's no, no. I think I think that's really 
important to also loop in is like I mean, and also father too. Obviously, obviously, fathers are always like. I say this like I grew up with. I grew up with my dad and not with my mom, so it was really funny because I was like, "Oh, fathers," but I had a good father. <laughs> you did good, Larry. I just want to be clear; he listens. So. No, no, no. Uh, Molly's great. Um, <laughs> Molly, Molly is a success. Um, the the you know brand Molly. Yeah. Um, the corporation Molly. Um, the drug Molly. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I definitely think um, I mean, what what we're we're talking about was like two randos facing down this entire establishment of um of like motherhood and what it, Western motherhood, etc. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah blah blah. Uh, I think it is important what you said is like we've talked a little bit. I mean, these these things are like oh, like you shouldn't have been a mother versus like the what we talked about earlier is like oh, you became you are no true mother if you killed your children. Or you were abusive to your children. Um, that's not to say that, like, you're right. Like, motherhood carries with it major responsibilities. Parenthood. Mm-hmm. You know, I shouldn't say motherhood. Yeah. I should say parenthood, right? Parenthood, you enter... But, like, at the same time, there's a lot of, like, difficulties around that. And at the other time, they, they are just children. Like, yeah. you, I mean, you... Yeah, that's the thing. It's, like, as much as you may resent the situation, as much as, like... It is horrible to become a, a parent, you know, when you don't want to. Like, it is not the child's fault. Yeah, I mean, I know that's like a <laughs> like a cliche thing to say, but it's it's not like that. I mean, is, it's it's once that child is born, it's now a human being in the world who somebody has to take care of, and mm-hmm. so like, if it's not going to be you, then it's not going to be you. But you got to make sure that you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's there's no just sort of like abdicating responsibility entirely and just saying like, um, you know, this child ruined my life. Therefore, I will ruin this child. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Isn't that? Sorry. I just had like a flashback to all oh, that great movie with Nicole Kidman and Matthew Good Stoker. Stoker. Isn't that oh the goodness. speech that Nicole Kidman gives the mother where she's like, I can't wait to see your life fall apart. Oh yeah. Jesus. Um God. Classic. We need to I need to rewatch yeah, that. I do movie. too. Okay. Anyway, let's let's wrap up on this cheery <laughs> cheery note. Yeah, this is a um, this is a we'll have to come dark up with fucking the, episode. A, a more happy thing to talk about next time. Oh yeah. We're getting um, into the winter season if we can come up with any good I mean, honestly, we're we're a bunch of like pretty sad sad folk, so like we need to figure out something that we don't like end up being like, well, you know, holiday spirit yeah. is a lie, yeah. and Christmas is fake. Um, so, uh, but you know what? You should congratulate me because I made it through this episode without talking about Game of Thrones. This is actually this is the first ever episode. I think like we need to other than like the four hundred content warnings, we also need to like mark this as like the first non-Harry Potter, non-Game of Thrones podcast we have ever done. Mm-hmm. Um, and congratulations, Molly. We did it. You did it. I did it. I did it. Uh, well, I just don't think there are any mothers who murder. And Well, actually, okay, but we won't get into it. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you're like, like so close, Molly. You're so close. Yeah. Um, um, okay, uh, let's wrap up. Yeah. Uh, so what, um, have you, what have you been reading, watching, enjoying so- lately? 
I watched Haunting of, I mean, unsurprisingly, Haunting of Hill House recently. I also, um, I think I mentioned this earlier as a, as well. I watched um, Channel Zero, The Dream yeah. Door. I am um, finished watching that. It was pretty good. Um, season two is still the best. Season four wasn't bad. Um, it was sort of funny how it ends up, I guess. Um, I think that is it. Those are the two major and then like just a lot of Thanksgiving things. How about you, Molly? Um, so, yeah, I, I watched Haunting of Hill House. That was my Thanksgiving. And then um, mm. I – oh, I read um, I read Four Ways to Forgiveness by Ursula Le Guin, mm. which is four novellas um, sort of set – in her Hainish cycle, um, but it's like sort of in a, a post um, post emancipation world. There are like these two planets, one of which colonized and enslaved the other, but now that planet has sort of like taken its freedom. And anyway, mm-hmm. um, but it's like very complicated and difficult. It was pretty good. I liked it. Um, cool. I th- yeah, I thought it was, um, and it was it was sort of a lot of the, so there are four stories and each one is very different. Um, very different sort of generically very different um in terms of the the kind of um things that it's focused on but like all of them are about love and forgiveness unsurprisingly that's nice yeah um yeah and then i just started watching um shira whatever the oh, new oh she yeah the new uh cartoon on netflix um, which I've only watched three episodes of so far, but so far I'm liking it better than I liked the Dragon Prince. So yeah, and everyone said Dragon Prince was the next last Airbender. So yeah. maybe this one is the actual last next mm-hmm. last Airbender. Well, I think it's because Dragon Prince was by some of the same people from last Airbender from the Airbender. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Whereas yeah, this one is is not, but this one is it's it's fun. It's fun so far. Um, <laughs> Okay, and tell me more about it. Lots of lots of lots of female characters just being pals and Gal, gals being pals. Gals being pals and uh you know we could look at um, each other through friendship. We could look like Oh, sorry, go on. Go no, on. I'm done. <laughs> okay. Um I was just saying like we could look at like fun poppy like female superheroes. We do, we haven't done like a Wonder Woman. That's true. Kind of. Yeah, maybe we can do that. Oh, and the other thing that I've been doing is I started listening to the podcast, uh, The Worst Idea of All Time, which is about these two dudes who um, decide that they're going to watch the same movie, a bad movie, every week for a year and record a podcast every time. Wow. Um, and I don't know if it's actually funny. I've been saying this. I don't know if it's actually funny or if they just have New Zealand accents. Well, you have you listened to Death Blart? Yeah, so it's the same guys from... Oh my god! All right. Uh, Tell death to us, Blart. Uh, so it's like same premise, but they do it on a weekly basis instead of yearly. <laughs> right, um, but that till death do us, Blart is like forever. Right. Like there is no end. There, there is, is no, no end point end. to it. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> till the end of linear time. <laughs> so, but it's yeah, it's like uh, it's a very similar thing, but it's just the two guys, the two New Zealand guys, um, talking about sex in the city too. Mm apparently is not a very good movie <laughs> not a very good movie and does not get better on repeat watching no. and it's also like two and a half hours long so jesus yeah um oh i've also been watching the good place um i think molly has I as well i think i'm caught up oh it's good i i mean i'm still enjoying it yeah. it's, a, it's still a very solid show yeah um yeah 
I think I'm caught up. I'm not 100% sure. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's just kind of whatever. Hopefully, um, I have my prelims date. It will be January 11th. And after that, uh, it's going to be just like fun and fancy free for me. It nice. won't. I have to write a pre-prospectus. But eh, whatever. it'll be better. <laughs> it'll be so much better. Nice. Um, yeah. All right. All so right. let's sign off. And um, yeah, we'll talk to you next week. Oh, wait. We have to do all the stuff. Uh, please, please <laughs> um, subscribe subscribe and you know maybe we should just stop saying i know like i just i can't say it with conviction hey subscribe and leave a comment please uh if you've enjoyed the show and share with your friends on facebook and twitter um okay maybe yeah okay that's 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 good uh, we always like we always approach a sort of like all cringy like oh like like, should we we ask you to listen to us or like (laughs) but like fuck it we're doing it if you want to tell somebody else to listen to it Go ahead. Um, <laughs> if you don't, that's fine, too. Uh, if you want to contact us, um, you can reach us at our individual Twitters. Mine is at the Molly Jean. That's at the M-O-L-L-Y-J-E-A-N-N-E. Um, I'm at Alonculus, at Alonculus, uh, A-L-O-N-K-U-L-O-U-S. Um, you can also hit us up at storygetscast at gmail.com, which we check sometimes. <laughs> Oh, and also a correction for our urban fantasy yeah. uh, podcast. Apparently, Ricky, a f- good friend of mine, told us, dragged me to hell on Facebook and was like, it's Gaiman, not Gaiman. Do not, like, I've said it wrong the entire episode. So, Oh, yeah. I think I knew that, but I just, I don't really correct you on your pronunciation anymore for things. <laughs> it's, just, it's fine. Okay. I always pronounce JK Rowling wrong. I always say Rowling. Yeah, it's supposed to be rhymes with bowling. Yeah. I remember that from like a Times for Kids article yeah. in elementary Whatever. school. Whatever. They're rich and famous authors. They'll live. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. All right. So thanks, thanks for listening. Um, I'm Molly. That's Alice. I'm, I'm Alice. Yeah. And <laughs> s- stay hungry. Wow.